So welcome to week 44. We begin this week at day 302 and we're looking through Matthew, Mark and Luke today. We begin in Luke chapter 18 verse 1 to 14. He then told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not become discouraged. There was a judge in one town who didn't fear God or respect man, and a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or respect man, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. Then the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay to help them? I tell you that he will swiftly swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find that faith on earth? He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. Two men went up to the temple complex to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee took his stand and was praying like this, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give a tenth of everything I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest and saying, God, turn your wrath from me, a sinner. I tell you, this one went down to his house justified, rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then we read Matthew chapter 19, verse 1 to 12. When Jesus had finished this instruction, he departed from Galilee and went to the region of Judea across the Jordan. Large crowds followed him and he healed them there. Some Pharisees approached him to test him. They asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife on any grounds? Haven't you read, he replied, that he who created them in the beginning made them male and female, and he also said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together man must not separate. Why then, they asked him, did Moses command us to give divorce papers and to send her away? He told them, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because of the hardness of your hearts. But it was not like that from the beginning, and I tell you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If the relationship of a man with his wife is like this, it's better not to marry. But he told them, Not everyone can accept this saying, but only those it has been given to. For there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb, there are eunuchs who were made by men, and there are eunuchs who have been made themselves that way because of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. Then we read Mark chapter 10, verse 1 to 12. He set out from there and went to the region of Judea and across the Jordan. The crowds converged on him again, and as he usually did, he began teaching them once more. Some Pharisees approached him to test him. They asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He replied to them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted us to write divorce papers and send her away. But Jesus told them, He wrote this commandment for you because of the hardness of your hearts. But from the beginning of creation God made them male and female. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together man must not separate. 
Now in the house the disciples questioned him again about this matter, and he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. Also if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Then read Matthew chapter 19, verse 13 to 15. Then children were brought to him, so he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. Then Jesus said, Leave the children alone and don't try to keep them from coming to me, because the kingdom of heaven is made up of people like this. After putting his hands on them, he went on from there. And the same in Mark chapter 10, verse 13 to 16. Some people were bringing little children to him so he might touch them, but his disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. And Luke chapter 18, verse 15 to 17. Some people were even bringing infants to him so he might touch them, but when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Jesus, however, invited them, Let the little children come to me and don't stop them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Then we read Matthew chapter 19, 19, 19, verse 19, verses. Just then someone came up and asked him, Teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? He said to him, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He asked him. Jesus answered, Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honour your father and mother, and love your neighbour as yourself. I have kept all these, the young man told him. What do I still lack? If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, Go, sell your belongings and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard that command, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I assure you it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astounded and asked, Then who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter responded to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you, so what will there be for us? Jesus said to them, I assure you, in the messianic age when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, brothers or sisters, father or mother, children or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. And then we read Mark chapter 10 verse 17 to 31 to finish today. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. No one is good but one, God. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honour your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these from my youth. Then looking at him, Jesus loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. 
but he was stunned at this demand and he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. But the disciples were astounded at his words. Again Jesus said to them, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. So they were even more astounded, saying to one another, Then who can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, because all things are possible with God. Peter began to tell him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. I assure you, Jesus said, there is no no one who has left house, brothers or sisters, mother or father, children or fields because of me in the gospel, who will not receive a hundred times more. Now at this time, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and eternal life are in the age to come. But many who are first will be last and the last first. And there we end, day 302. Day 303, and again today we look through Matthew, Mark and Luke, beginning at Luke chapter 18, verse 18 to 30. A ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. No one is good but one, God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honour your father and mother. I have kept all these from my youth, he said. When Jesus heard this, he told him, You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. After he heard this, he became extremely sad because he was very rich. Seeing that he had become sad, Jesus said, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Then who can be saved? He replied, What is impossible with men is possible with God. Then Peter said, Look, we have left what we had and followed you. So he said to them, I assure you, there is no one who has left a house, wife or brothers, parents or children because of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many times more at this time and eternal life in the age to come. Then we read Matthew chapter 20 verse 1 to 19. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the workers on one denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine in the morning, he saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. To those men he said, You also go to my vineyard and I'll give you whatever is right. So off they went. About noon and at three he went out again and did the same thing. Then about five he went out and found others standing around and said to them, Why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Because no one hired us, they said to him. You also go to my vineyard, he told them. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard told his foreman, Call the workers and give them their pay, starting with the last and ending with the first. When those who were hired about five came, they each received one denarius. So when the first one came, they assumed that they would get more, but they also received a denarius each. When they received it, they began to complain to the landowner. These last men put in one hour, and you made them equal to us who bore the burden of the day and the burning heat. He replied to them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Didn't you agree with me on a denarius? Take what's yours and go. I want to give this last man the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my business? 
Are you jealous because I'm generous? So the last will be first and the first last. While going up to Jerusalem, Jesus took the twelve disciples aside privately and said to them on the way, Listen, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked, flogged, and crucified, and he will be resurrected on the third day. And the same in Mark chapter 10, verse 32 to 34. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. They were astounded, but those who followed him were afraid. Taking the twelve aside again, he began to tell them the things that would happen to him. Listen, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him, and he will rise after three days. And the same in Luke chapter 18, verse 31 to 34. Then he took the twelve aside and told them, Listen, we are going up to Jerusalem. Everything that is written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished, for he will be handed over to the Gentiles, and he will be mocked, insulted, spit on, and after they flog him, they will kill him, and he will rise in the third day. They understood none of these things. The saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. Then we read Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 28. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons approached him with her sons. She knelt down to ask him for something. What do you want? he asked her. Promise, she said to him, that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right and the other on your left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? We are able, they said to him. He told them, You will indeed drink my cup, but to sit at my right and left is not mine to give. Instead it belongs to those for whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten disciples heard this, they became indignant with the two brothers. But Jesus called them over and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles dominate them, and the men of high position exercise power over them. It must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And the same in Mark chapter 10, verse 35 to 45. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, Teacher, we want you to do something for us if we ask you. What do you want me to do for you? he asked them. They answered him, Allow us to sit at your right and at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We are able, they told him. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink, and you will be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not mine to give. Instead it is for those it has been prepared for. When the other ten disciples heard this, they began to be indignant with James and John. Jesus called them over and said to them, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles dominate them, and their men of high position exercise power over them. But it not, must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Then we read Matthew chapter 20, verse 29 to 34. As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him, and 
there were two blind men sitting by the road. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd told them to keep quiet, but they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Jesus stopped, called him and said, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said to him, Open our eyes. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. Immediately they could see and they followed him. The same in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. They came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus, son of Nazarene, he began to cry out, Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. Many people told him to keep quiet, but he was crying out all the more, Have mercy on me, son of David. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, Have courage, get up, he's calling for you. He threw off his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus answered him, What do you want me to do for you? Rabboni, the blind man told him, I want to see. Go on your way, Jesus told him, your faith has healed you. Immediately he could see and began to follow him in the road. And then we finish today with Luke chapter 18 verse 35 to 43 in the same story. As he drew near Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Hearing a crowd passing by, he inquired what this meant. Jesus the Nazarene is passing by, they told him. So he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those in front told him to keep quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. When he drew near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. Receive your sight, Jesus told him, your faith has healed you. Instantly he could see and he began to follow him, glorifying God. All the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. And there we end, day 303. Day 304, and we continue through all four Gospels, and today beginning at, beginning at Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 27. He entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd, since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, because today I must stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain, he's gone to lodge with a sinful man. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor Lord, and if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay four times as much back. Today salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him, because he too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. As they were listening to this, he went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and they thought the kingdom of God was going to appear right away. Therefore he said, a nobleman travelled to a far country to receive for himself authority to be king and then return. He called ten of his slaves, gave them ten minas, and told them, Engage in business until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We don't want this man to rule over us. At his return, having received the authority to be king, he summoned those slaves he had given the money to, so he could find out how much they had made in business. The first came forward and said, Master, your mina has earned ten more minas. 
Well done, good slave, he told him, because you have been faithful in a very small matter. Have authority over ten towns. The second came and said, Master, your mina has made five minas. So he said to him, You will be over five towns. And another came and said, Master, here is your mina. I have kept it hidden away in a cloth because I was afraid of you, for you are a tough man. You collect what you didn't deposit and reap what you didn't sow. He told him, I will judge you by what you have said, you evil slave. If you knew I was a tough man collecting what I didn't deposit and reaping what I didn't sow, why didn't you put my money in the bank? And when I returned, I would have collected it with interest. So he said to those standing there, Take the mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. And from the one who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away. But bring here these enemies of mine who did not want me to rule over them and slaughter them in my presence. Then we read John chapter 11 verse 55 through to chapter 12 verse 8. The Jewish Passover was near and many went up to Jerusalem from the country to purify themselves before the Passover. They were looking for Jesus and asking one another as they stood in the temple complex, What do you think? He won't come to the festival, will he? The chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it so they could arrest him. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, the one Jesus had raised from the dead. Then a large crowd of the Jews learned he was there. They came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, the one he had raised from the dead. Therefore the chief priests decided to also kill Lazarus, because he was the reason many of the Jews were deserting them and believing in Jesus. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha was serving them and Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of fragrant oil, pure and expensive nard, anointed Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. So the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Then one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was about to betray him, said, Why wasn't this fragrant oil sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He was in charge of the money bag and would steal part of what was put in. Jesus answered, Leave her alone, she has kept it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Then we read Matthew chapter 21 verse 1 to 11. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus then sent two disciples telling them, Go into the village ahead of you. At once you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you should say that the Lord needs them and immediately he will send them. This took place so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Tell daughter Zion, see your king is coming to you gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, then they laid their robes on them and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their robes in the road. Others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. Then the crowds who went ahead of him and those who followed kept shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken, saying, Who is this? And the crowds kept saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Then we read the same in Mark chapter 11, verse 1 to 11. When they approached Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and told them, 
Go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a young donkey tied there, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this, say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here right away. So they went and found a young donkey outside in the street, tied by a door. They untied it, and some of those standing there said to him, What are you doing untying the donkey? They answered them just as Jesus had said, so they let them go. Then they brought the donkey to Jesus and threw their robes on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their robes in the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed kept shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest! And he went into Jerusalem and into the temple complex. After looking around at everything since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Then the same in Luke chapter 19 verse 28 to 44. When he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples and said, Go into the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a young donkey tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, say this, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent left and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the young donkey, its owner said to them, Why are you untying this donkey? The Lord needs it, they said. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their robes in the donkey, they helped Jesus get on it. As he was going along, they were spreading their robes in the road. Now he came near the path down the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd told him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. As he approached and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you knew this day what would bring peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. For the days will come on you when your enemies will build an embankment against you, surround you and hem you in on every side. They will crush you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave one stone on another in you, because you did not recognise the time of your visitation. And then we finish today by reading John chapter 12, verse 12 to 19. The next day, when the large crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took palm branches and went out to meet him. They kept shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear no more, daughter Zion, look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, However, when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him, and that they had done these things to him. Meanwhile, the crowd which had been with him where he raised Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. This is also why the crowd met him, because they heard he had done this sign. Then the Pharisees said to one another, You see, you've accomplished nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. And there we end, day 304. Day 305, and we continue through three of the Gospels again today, beginning at Matthew chapter 21, verse 12 to 17. Jesus went into the temple complex and drove out all those buying and selling in the temple. He overturned the money changers' tables and the chairs of those selling doves, and he said to them, It is written, My house will be called a house of prayer, 
but you are making it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple complex, and he healed them. When the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonders that he did, and the children in the temple complex cheering, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, Did you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus told them, have you never read? You have prepared praise from the mouth of children and nursing infants. Then he left them, went out of the city to Bethany and spent the night there. And the same in Mark chapter 11, verse 15 to 19. They came to Jerusalem and he went into the temple complex and began to throw out those buying and selling in the temple. He overturned the money changers' tables and the chairs of those selling doves and would not permit anyone to carry goods through the temple complex. Then he began to teach them, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves? Then the chief priests and the scribes heard it and started looking for a way to destroy him, for they were afraid of him because the whole crowd was astonished by his teaching. And whenever evening came they would go out of the city, and then in Luke chapter 19, verse 45 to 48, he went into the temple complex and began to throw out those who were selling, and he said, It is written, My house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Every day he was teaching in the temple complex. The chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people were looking for a way to destroy him, but they could not find a way to do it, because all the people were captivated by what they heard. Then Matthew chapter 21, verses 18 to 19. Early in the morning as he was returning to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. At once the fig tree withered. And in Mark chapter 11, verse 12 to 14. The next day when they came out from Bethany, he was hungry. After seeing in the distance a fig tree with leaves, he went to find out if there was anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. He said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples heard it. Then we read Matthew chapter 21, verse 20 to 27. When the disciples saw it, they were amazed and said, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Jesus answered them, I assure you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will only not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you tell this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it will be done. And if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. When he entered the temple complex, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority? Jesus answered them, I will also ask you one question, and if you answer it for me, then I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Where did John's baptism come from? From heaven or from men? They began to argue among themselves. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, we're afraid of the crowd because everyone thought John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Then we read Mark 11, verse 20 to 33. Early in the morning as they were passing by, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed is withered. Jesus replied to them, Have faith in God. I assure you, if anyone says to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, 
all the things you pray and ask for, believe that you have received them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your wrongdoing. They came again to Jerusalem. As he was walking in the temple complex, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came and asked him, By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority to do these things? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question, then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Was John's baptism from heaven or from men? Answer me. They began to argue among themselves. If we say from heaven, he will say, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, they were afraid of the crowd because everyone thought that John was a genuine prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Then we read Luke chapter 20 verse 1 to 8. One day as he was teaching the people in the temple complex and proclaiming the good news, the chief priests and the scribes with the elders came up and said to him, Tell us by what authority are you doing these things? Who is it that gave you this authority? He answered them, I will also ask you a question. Tell me, was the baptism of John from heaven or from men? They discussed it among themselves. If we say from heaven, he will say, Why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us because they are convinced that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know its origin. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Then we read Matthew chapter 21, verse 28 to 46. But what do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, My son, go work in the vineyard today. He answered, I don't want to. Yet later he changed his mind and went. Then the man went to the other and said the same thing. I will, sir, he answered, but he didn't go. Which of the two did the father's will? The first, they said. Jesus said to them, I assure you tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you didn't believe him. Tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him, but you, when you saw it, didn't even change your minds then and believe him. Listen to another parable. There was a man, a landowner, who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. He leased it to tenant farmers and went away. When the grape harvest drew near, he sent his slaves to the farmers to collect his fruit. But the farmers took his slaves, beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Again he sent other slaves, more than the first group, and they did the same to them. Finally he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenant farmers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they seized him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those farmers? He will completely destroy those terrible men, they told him, and lease his vineyard to other farmers who will give him his produce at the harvest. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This came from the Lord and is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation producing its fruit. Whoever falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls it will grind him to powder. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they knew he was speaking about them. 
Although they were looking for a way to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. Then we read the same in Mark chapter 12, verse 1 to 12. Then he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug out a pit for a wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenant farmers and went away. At harvest time he sent a slave to the farmers to collect some of the fruit of the vineyard from the farmers. But they took him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Again he sent another slave to them, and they hit him in the head and treated him shamefully. Then he sent another, and they killed that one. He also sent many others. They beat some, and they killed some. He still had one to send, a beloved son. Finally he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenant farmers said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they seized him, killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. Therefore what will the owner of that vineyard do? He will come and destroy the farmers and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This came from the Lord and is wonderful in our eyes. Because they knew he had said this parable against them, they were looking for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. And then finally in Luke chapter 20, verse 9 to 19. Then he began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard, leased it to tenant farmers, and went away for a long time. At harvest time he sent a slave to the farmers so that they might give him some fruit from the vineyard. But the farmers beat him and sent him away empty-handed. He sent yet another slave, but they beat that one too, treated him shamefully, and sent him away empty-handed. And he sent yet a third, but they wounded this one too and threw him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What should I do? I will send my beloved son, perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenant farmers saw him, they discussed it among themselves and said, This is the heir, let's kill him so the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore what will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those farmers and give the vineyard to others. But when they heard this they said, No, never. But he looked at them and said, Then what is the meaning of this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, and if it falls on anyone it will grind him to powder. Then the scribes and the chief priests looked for a way to get their hands on him that very hour, because they knew he had told this parable against them, but they feared the people. And there we end, day 305. Day 306, and today we begin the 11th section of 12. So we're in the 11th month. Each section of the Bible is divided up, and so we're in the, the beginning of the 11th month, meaning we only have two more months to go. But we start day 306 at Matthew chapter 22, and today again we read Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we begin at Matthew chapter 22, reading from verse 1 to 22. Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent out his slaves to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Again he sent out other slaves and said, Tell those who are invited, look, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away. One to his own farm, another to his business. 
and the others seized his slaves, treated them outrageously, and killed them. The king was enraged, so he sent out his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned down their city. Then he told his slaves, The banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore go to where the roads exit the city, and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those slaves went out on the roads, and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests, but when the king came in to view the guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. So he said to him, "'Friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes?' The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, "'Tie him up hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are invited, but few are chosen.' Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to trap him by what he said. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians. "'Teacher,' they said, "'we know that you are truthful and teach truthfully the way of God.' You defer to no one, for you don't show partiality. Tell us, therefore, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But perceiving their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. So they brought him a denarius. Whose image and inscription is this? he asked them. Caesar's, they said to him. Then he said to them, Therefore give back to Caesar the thing that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him and went away. And the same in Mark chapter twelve, thirteen to 17 Then they sent some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to him to trip him up by what he said. When they came, they said to him, Teacher, you know that you are truthful and defer to no one, for you don't show partiality but teach truthfully the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or should we not pay? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius to look at. So they brought one. Whose image and inscription is this? he asked them. Caesar's, they said. Then Jesus told them, Give back to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were amazed at him. And in Luke chapter 20, verse 20 to 26. They watched closely and sent spies who pretended to be righteous so they could catch him in what he said, to hand him over to the governor's rule and authority. They questioned him. Teacher, we know that you speak and teach correctly and that you don't show partiality, but teach truthfully the way of God. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But detecting their craftiness, he said to them, Show me a denarius, whose image and inscription does it have? Caesar's, they said. Well then, he told them, give back to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. They were not able to catch him in what he said in public, and being amazed at his answer, they became silent. Then we read Matthew chapter 22, verse 23 to 33. The same day some Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came up to him and questioned him. Teacher, Moses said if a man dies having no children... His brother is to marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first got married and died. Having no offspring, he left his wife to his brother. The same happened to the second also and the third and so all seven. Then last of all the woman died. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven? For they all had married her. Jesus answered them, You are deceived because you don't know the scriptures of the or the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. 
Now concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. And the same in Mark chapter 12, verse 18 to 27. Some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to him and questioned him. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaves his wife behind and leaves no child, his brother should take the wife and produce offspring for his brother. There were seven brothers. The first took a wife and dying left no offspring. The second also took her and he died leaving no offspring, and the third likewise. The seven also left no offspring. Last of all, the woman died too. In the resurrection, when they rise, whose wife will she be since the seven had married her? Jesus told them, Are you not deceived because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God? For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Now concerning the dead being raised, haven't you read in the book of Moses in the passage about the burning bush how God spoke to him? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly deceived. And in Luke chapter 20, verse 27 to 38. Some of the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came up and questioned him. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother has a wife and dies childless, his brother should take the wife and produce, produce offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and died without children. Also the second and the third took her. In the same way, all seven died and left no children. Finally, the woman died too. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife will the woman be? For all seven had married her. Jesus told them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are counted worthy to take part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. For they cannot die any more because they are like angels and are sons of God, since they are sons of the resurrection. Moses even indicated in the passage about the burning bush that the dead are raised, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living, because all are living to him. Then we read Matthew chapter 22, verse 33, sorry, 34 to 40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together in the same place. And one of them, an expert in the law, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to them, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The same in Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 34. One of the scribes approached. When he heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? This is the most important, Jesus answered. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have correctly said that he is one and there is no one else except him. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbour as yourself, is far more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered intelligently, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. 
and no one dared to question him longer. In Luke chapter 20, verse 39 to 40, some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well, and they no longer dared to ask him anything. Then we read Matthew chapter 22, verse 41 to 46. While the Pharisees were together, Jesus questioned them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? David's, they told him. He asked them, How is it then that David, inspired by the Spirit, calls him Lord? The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David calls him Lord, how then can the Messiah be his son? No one was able to answer him at all, and from that day no one dared to question him any more. Then we read the same in Mark chapter 12, verse 35 to 37. So Jesus asked this question as he taught in the temple complex. How can the scribes say that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself says by the Holy Spirit, The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. How then can the Messiah be his son? And the large crowd was listening to him with delight. And Luke chapter 20 verse 41 to 44 to finish today. Then he said to them, How can you say that the Messiah is the son of David? For David himself says in the book of Psalms, The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. David calls him Lord. How then can the Messiah be his son? And there we end day 306. Day 307 and again today we read through the three, Matthew, Mark and Luke. And we begin at Matthew chapter 23 verse 1 to 32. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples. The scribes and the Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. Therefore do whatever they tell you and observe it. But don't do what they do because they don't practice what they teach. They tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. They do everything to be observed by others. They enlarge their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love the place of honour at banquets, the front seats in the synagogues, greeting in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by people. But as for you, do not be called rabbi because you have one teacher and you are all brothers. Do not call anyone on earth your father because you have one father who is in heaven. And do not be called masters either because you have one master, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You lock up the kingdom of heaven from people, for you don't go in and you don't allow those entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You devour widows' houses and make long prayers just for show. This is why you will receive a harsher punishment. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to make one proselyte, and when he becomes one you make him twice as fit for hell as you are. Woe to you blind guides who say, Whoever takes an oath by the sanctuary it means nothing, but whoever takes an oath by the gold of the sanctuary is bound by his oath. Blind fools, for which is greater the gold or the sanctuary that sanctified the gold. Also whoever takes an oath by the altar it means nothing, but whoever takes an oath by the gift that is on it is bound by his oath. Blind people, for which is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift. Therefore the one who takes an oath by the altar takes an oath by it and by everything on it. The one who takes an oath by the sanctuary takes an oath by it and by him who dwells in it. 
and the one who takes an oath by heaven takes an oath by God's throne and by him who sits on it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You pay a tenth of mint, dill and cumin, yet you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy and faith. These things should have been done without neglecting the others. Blind guides, you strain out a gnat, yet gulp down a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup, so the outside of it may also become clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of dead men's bones and every impurity. In the same way, on the outside you seem righteous to people, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, and you say, If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we wouldn't have taken part with them in shedding the prophets' blood. You therefore testify against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your father's sins. Then we read Mark chapter 12, verse 38 to 40. He also said in his teaching, Beware of the scribes who want to go around in long robes and want greetings in the marketplace, the front seats in the synagogues and the places of honour at banquets. They devour widows' houses and say long prayers just for show. These will receive harsher punishment. Then we read Luke chapter 20, verse 45 to 47. While all the people were listening, he said to his disciples, Beware of the scribes who want to go around in long robes and who love greetings in the marketplaces, the front seats in the synagogues and the places of honour at banquets. They devour widows' houses and say long prayers just for show. These will receive greater punishment. And again into Matthew chapter 23, verse 33 to 39. Snakes, brood of vipers, how can you escape being condemned to hell? This is why I am sending you prophets, sages and scribes. Some of, them you will, some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will flog in your own synagogues and hound from town to town. So all the righteous blood shed on the earth will be charged to you, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. I assure you, all these things will come in this generation. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, yet you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will never see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. Sitting across from the temple treasury, he watched how the crowd dropped money into the treasury. Many rich people were putting in large sums, and a poor widow came and dropped in two tiny coins worth very little. Summoning his disciples, he said to them, I assure you, this poor widow has put in more than all those giving to the temple treasury, for they gave out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she possessed, all she had to live on. And the same in Luke chapter 21, 1-4. He looked up and saw the rich dropping their offerings into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow dropping in two tiny coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for all these people have put in gifts out of their surplus, but she out of her poverty has put in all she had to live on. And then we read Matthew chapter 24, verse 1 to 51. 
As Jesus left and was going out of the temple complex, his disciples came up and called his attention to the temple buildings. Then he replied to them, Don't you see all these things? I assure you not one stone will be left here and another that will not be thrown down. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, Tell us when these things will happen, and what is the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Then Jesus replied to them, Watch that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. You are going to hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you are not alarmed, because these things must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these events are the beginning of birth pains. Then they will hand you over for persecution, and they will kill you. You will be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will take offence, betray one another, and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Because lawlessness will multiply, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be delivered. This good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So when you see the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. A man on the housetop must not come down to get things out of his house, and a man in the field must not go back to get his clothes. Woe to the pregnant woman and nursing mothers in those days. Pray that your escape may not be in winter or on a Sabbath, for at that time there will be great tribulation, the kind that hasn't taken place from the beginning of the world until now and never will again. Unless those days were limited, no one could survive, but those days will be limited because of the elect. If anyone tells you, look, here is a Messiah, or over here, do not believe it. False messiahs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Take note, I have told you in advance, so if they tell you, look, he's in the wilderness, don't go out. Look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the carcass is there, the vultures will gather. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not shed its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the celestial powers will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the peoples of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send out his angels with a loud trumpet, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things, recognize that he is near, at the door. I assure you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now concerning that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son except the Father only. As the days of Noah were, so the coming of the Son of Man will be. For in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah boarded the ark. They didn't know until the flood came and swept them all away. So this is the way the coming of the Son of Man will be. The two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore be alert, since you don't know what day your Lord is coming. 
But know this, if the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. This is why you must also be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is a faithful and sensible slave whom his master has put in charge of his household, to give them food at the proper time? That slave whose master finds him working when he comes will be rewarded. I assure you he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that wicked slave says in his heart, My master is delayed and starts to beat his fellow slaves and eats and drinks with drunkards, that slave's master will come on a day he does not expect and at an hour he does not know. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And there we end, day 307. So we're in day 308, and we continue again through the three passages, through Matthew, Mark and Luke. And today we begin at Luke chapter 21, verse 5 to 6. As some were talking about the temple complex, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, These things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left on another that will not be thrown down. And then Mark chapter 13, verse 1 to 27. As he was going out of the temple complex, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, look, what massive stones, what impressive buildings. Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here on another that will not be thrown down. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives across from the temple complex, Peter, James, John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen and what will be the sign when all these things are about to take place? Jesus began by telling them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumours of wars, don't be alarmed. These things must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. But you be on your guard. They will hand you over to Sanhedrins, and you will be flogged in the synagogues. You will stand before governors and kings because of me as a witness to them. And the good news must first be proclaimed to all nations. So when they arrest you and hand you over, don't worry beforehand what you will say. On the contrary, whatever is given to you in that hour, say it. For it isn't you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Then brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rise up against parents and put them to death. And you will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be delivered. When you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it should not, let the reader understand, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. A man on the housetop must not come down or go in to get anything out of his house. And a man in the field must not go back to get his clothes. Woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. Pray it won't happen in winter. For those will be days of tribulation, the kind that hasn't been from the beginning of the world, which God created until now and never will be again. Unless the Lord limited those days, no one would survive, but he limited those days because of the elect whom he chose. Then if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, look there, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. And you must watch. I have told you everything in advance. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not shed its light. 
The stars will be falling from the sky and the celestial powers will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. He will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the end of the sky. Then Luke chapter 21 verse 7 to 28. Teacher, they asked him, so when will these things be? And what will be the sign that these things are about to take place? Then he said, Watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is near. Don't follow them. When you hear of wars and rebellions, don't be alarmed. Indeed, these things must take place first, but the end won't come right away. Then he told them, Nation will be raised up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be violent earthquakes and famines and plagues in various places, and there will be terrifying sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead to an opportunity for you to witness. Therefore make up your minds not to prepare your defence ahead of time. For I will give you such words and a wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will even be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives and friends. They will kill some of you. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but not a hair of your head will be lost. By your endurance gain your lives. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that its desolation has come near. Then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. Those inside the city must leave it, and those who are in the country must not enter it. Because these are days of vengeance to fulfill all the things that are written. Woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive into all the nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Then there will be signs in the sun, moon and stars, and there will be anguish on the earth among nations bewildered by the roaring sea and waves. People will faint from fear and expectation of the things that are coming on the world, because the celestial powers will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is near. Then we read Mark 13, verse 28 to 37. Learn this parable from the fig tree. As soon as its branches become tender and sprout leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, know that he is near, at the door. I assure you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now concerning that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, except the Father. Watch, be alert, for you don't know when the time is coming. It is like a man on a journey who left his house, gave authority to his slaves, Give each one his work and commanded the doorkeeper to be alert. Therefore be alert, since you don't know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at the crowing of the rooster or early in the morning. Otherwise he might come suddenly and find you sleeping, and what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. Then we read Luke chapter 21 verse 29 to 38. Then he told him a parable, look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they put out leaves, you can see for yourselves and recognise that summer is already near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, recognise that the kingdom of God is near. I assure you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all things take place. 
Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be on your guard so that your minds are not dulled from carousing drunkenness and worries of life, or that day will come on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come on all who live on the face of the whole earth. But be alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. During the day he was teaching in the temple complex, but in the evening he would go out and spend the night on what is called the Mount of Olives. Then all the people would come early in the morning to hear him in the temple complex. And then to finish today we read Matthew chapter 25 verse 1 to 30. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Five of them were foolish and five were sensible. When the foolish took their lamps they didn't take oil with them, but the sensible ones took oil in their flasks with their lamps. Since the groom was delayed they all became drowsy and fell asleep. In the middle of the night there was a shout, Here's the groom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. But the foolish ones said to the sensible ones, Give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. The sensible ones answered, No, there won't be enough for us and for you. Go instead to those who sell and buy oil for yourselves. When they had gone to buy some, the groom arrived. Then those who were ready went in and with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the rest of the virgins also came and said, Master, Master, open up for us. But he replied, I assure you, I do not know you. Therefore be alert, because you don't know either the hour or the day. For it is just like a man going on a journey. He called his own slaves and turned over his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Then he went on a journey. Immediately the man who had received five talents went put them to work and earn five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents and said, Master, you gave me five talents. Look, I've earned five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Then the man with two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. Look, I've earned two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Then the man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a difficult man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. But his master replied to him, You evil, lazy slave. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers, and when I returned I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing slave into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And there we end, day 308 and week 44.